Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. And today's episode, I sit down with actor Jamie Kenner. Actually, a musician, I should point out. Uh, we find out that, 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 that Jamie uh, likes to uh, strum the old guitar and have a little sing song. We go right into this and and uh, and how that's becoming, uh, you know, a, a good way for, for Jamie to to find his zen and relax and and, and get them creative juices flowing. Um, Jamie at the moment has got a huge, huge um, storyline in Coronation Street. Um, and what you're about to find out, if you didn't know already, he is a absolutely delightful human being. Uh, we have such a laugh on this episode. Just um, we go off tangent a little bit. We're both huge boxing fans, and uh, and he talks about his his walkout record uh, as you make your way to the ring for uh, for a good old scrap. And uh, so we have a lovely little narrative about that as well. Um, but before we get on with the chat, um, just some thank yous. Thanks to Scroobius Pip, everyone at the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to 76 for producing this. Thanks to you lot for continuing to support this podcast. You know, it makes me so happy knowing that when I'm sitting down this, this little shed at the end of my garden on the hottest day of the year, absolutely soaked in sweat, um, having these glorious natters with these wonderful humans. Like When I know that I finished the recording... I press stop and I'm absolutely buzzing. And the fact that there's then another bonus on that, which is I sling it out on the internet and other people listen and say nice things and drop me little messages and that. So, so huge love um, to, to you lot for supporting the pod. Um, anyway, shall we get on with it? Also, if it's your first time listening, then uh, when you get to the end of this episode, um, go check out the back catalogue. If you like listening to actors talking about their favourite records, you can hear me talking to um, Mr. Johnny Harris, which we talk about uh, during this episode. Uh, you can hear me talking to Michael Smiley, Thomas Turgus, Joe Hartley, Maxine Peake, Amanda Abington. Blimey. Lots and lots of uh, your favourite actors. So go, go have a rummage there and, and all sorts of uh, musicians and DJs and producers so go have a, a look there's over 400 episodes now so um once you get to the end of this episode go and explore it and, and better still subscribe then you won't miss it each week it just pop up on your listening device anyway let's get on with it please enjoy off the beaten track mr jamie kenner sorry ladies and gents i've just got to jump in quickly and tell you that this podcast is proud to be in partnership with hotel chocolat that's right. Hotel Chocolat, those people that make all the delicious chocolatey stuff, right? They have been my partner now for close to two years, and I can't thank them enough. Um, and one way that I can kind of help them 
is by telling all you lot about what they're up to. You know all about the chocolate stuff because you, you go and get your chocolates from there. But some of you like a little tipple of booze, right? So if you do, you need to check out their velvetized cream range. So what they've done is they've got loads of all your favourite spirits and then they've added their lovely chocolatey, magic-y stuff to it. So you can get like, uh, my favourite's the mint chocolate one. Go check out their mint chocolate velvetized cream because it is delicious. The salted caramel one will blow your socks off as well. There's loads. You need to go and check out uh, the alcohol range that um, Hotel Chocolat do. And I'm proud to tell you that this podcast is in partnership with Hotel Chocolat. Go check them out. But right now, get back to the podcast. It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. It me, stew with him. Okay, we are recording. Jamie, how are you doing today? I'm very well, mate. How are you? I'm all right. I'm, I'm absolutely boiling. Let me, let me, let's have it right straight away. I'm absolutely melting. <laughs> but I think the rest of the country is as well. So we're recording this on the on the 18th, which is is it today's the hottest day or tomorrow? One of them's going to be like the hottest day in British history or something, isn't it? 40 degrees. I, I, I have a vague recollection. I was only little uh, when, everyone, when it was, I think it was 78, was it? And and it was about 40 degrees or 38 degrees. Yeah. Or and everyone's houses started cracking. Do you remember? And everyone That's was, right. All my neighbours' houses. And it was like the pavement started melting and you, you, your feet were like sinking into the... But I was very little, but I remember the, I remember the panic. But apparently it's going to be even hotter, isn't it? Ridiculous. So, Ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I guess the, the first time we got... You know, the last time we got some real big heat was at the beginning of lockdown, which I kind of think eased us into it quite quite comfortably because I think everybody sort of went into like a little bit of holiday mode for the first sort of you know month really because we had glorious yeah. sunshine, we couldn't go out, so we was all sitting in our back gardens. You know, I think airport rules applied to drinking. Everybody was like, oh, it's one o'clock now, I'll have a beer." And uh... right. one o'clock, one o'clock. <laughs> <got you> <laughs> so. So, Jamie, tell us a little bit, um, just sort of casting your mind back over the last sort of bonkers 18 months that was lockdown. Like, how did that affect you personally? And, and, and tell us how it affected you, you know, work-wise. It was it had a massive impact, you know, like anyone. But as artists, you know, we... I mean, I was on tour at the time. I was in Mamma Mia on a, a UK and international tour. And I remember we went to Hull. And I was driving up to Hull on the Monday... Um, and Boris made his announcement. We got there. We were the only show in the country. We had the BBC cameras and everything outside. We were the only show in the country that went ahead. Um, and we did. And then we were told at the interval that that was it. We were going to see the show out and then done. But we thought, because we were all knackered. We'd been, we'd been touring for like six, seven months. We were knackered. So we were, we were looking forward to it. We were thinking, this is great. Um, we're going to have a couple of weeks off. And then we were going to go back to Glasgow and we, you know, and we were going to miss a couple of venues we weren't that bothered about. Um, and we all went over to the pub, you know, said goodbye, drank loads of beers, ate bowls of shared bowls of chips, kissed and cuddled each other goodbye. And then 10 of us went down with COVID the next no day. Way. Yeah. Back in the, back in the very, very early days where they weren't testing. Yeah. And I got back and I thought, oh, and it just absolutely wiped me and my wife out. Um, but I have, it's really weird and I'm sure I'm not alone here in thinking, uh, uh, the work thing was was a worry, but I was tired, I was ready for a, a break. And like you just said, it was the blistering hot weather, it was gorgeous and w- all we had to do was figure out what we were going to eat. 
and yeah. how we were going to sort of eke out <laughs> what lunches we were going to do, who was going to go and stand in the queue at the co-op cool. for four hours with the one in, one in, one out system. And, and then they, they narrowed it down to buying two items, didn't they? And, and all this stuff. So at first it was like everyone else, the novelty of, you know, polishing up a bottle of Hendrix yeah. by 11 o'clock on a Monday morning, <laughs> trying to keep the kids amused. You know, it was, it was one of those, but yeah, eventually it, it really took its toll and you started to panic about, you know, the industry particularly. I mean, the guys at Mamma Mia were phenomenal. They looked after us really well because we were still on contract, but eventually they had to let us go and they had to, um, they kept us on a retainer for a bit and then you started. So I went off and did, oh my God, it was madness. I went and joined this agency. Uh, I worked in the cash and carry, uh, stacking shelves because there was, there was just carnage in the cash and carry because people were going and yeah, buying in bulk gosh, yeah. and they couldn't deal with the deliveries. And then I went and worked for Travis Perkins, uh, delivering building materials. And I was working 12, 13 hour days for not a lot of money just because I was panicking because yeah. I didn't know what I would do. And then funny enough, like you, we were saying just before we came on this, you know, this whole podcast thing for you was born out of that. I, we started doing concert. I started doing, I had a little, we, had, we moved house in December. We had a little roof terrace which overlooks a few houses and I play a bit of guitar and gig a bit. So just one Friday, you know, after another bottle of Hendrix polished off, I, I just got the guitar, I plugged the gear in thinking I was the Beatles and did a little rooftop gig to my neighbours. Um, Cause everyone's doing a quiz. Do you remember? Everyone was just oh doing mate. Quiz? I used mate. to love a quiz. I don't want to go anywhere near one now. <laughs> doing quizzes and we were doing quizzes with our neighbours. And, uh, oh, my God. And so in the end, I thought, oh, I don't want to do any more quiz. And jigsaws as well, that was a thing. But, and I did this gig. And it was great. And everyone sat in their garden and a few beers. And it just snowballed. And we ended up organising these uh, online festivals. Like um, Caroline Lucas, because I'm down in Brighton, and so she's our MP. She got involved promoting it. And it just got bigger. We did about four or five in the end. And we raised loads of money for the NHS and different charities. And... Since then, that's sort of carried on for me. I've started organising a few gigs and, and organising a few charity concerts and, and stuff. And it's, it, it kicked off this whole, like, new world. And we did a they, they opened up performances and uh, we did a, they built a theatre on the beach and we put on this West End on Sea, we called it. And we had all these guest singers come down and I compared it and hosted it. And we packed it out and it was, and then they, they had other acts like Jimmy Carr came down and did a, uh, uh, tried out some new material, Sean Walsh and all these comedians, and it was a couple of plays. We just started this whole like festival revolution. It was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. That's great. Yeah, it was great. It really was. It really was. It's all on my Instagram. You can see all the, the how it all built. So, was it just kind of having that time? Going back to what you said about sort of playing the guitar, was it something that? Was that a bit of a creative outlet for you? Just thinking, oh, do you know what? I'm going to go and just pick up the guitar again and uh, yeah. and, and, and have a play. That's exactly what it was. It, it basically, because, you know, I've done loads of, I've been in this game, I've been an actor for 25 years. I've done loads of TV, film and theatre, and it's all about, uh, you know, paying my mortgage, feeding my kids. When you're in that situation and you're on mortgage payment holidays and, you know, furlough schemes, whatever it is, you... Uh, uh, you strip it right back to go, I'm a performer and all I've got is, is my skills as a performer. So everyone was, and what was brilliant, what I love. So for me, that's a natural progression to get the guitar out, 
have a couple of beers and start plonking around playing a few songs. But when we organised these festivals, we opened it out to our community and there were there was like a really high-powered banker that lives on our street. Never met the guy. Turns out he's a brilliant trumpet player. And so he did a little set. He did an hour just, just playing some songs online and everyone logs on. You've got the details. And all these people started coming out of the woodwork. All these people that don't, you know, you just see them in their suits on their way to the yeah, station. Yeah, of course. All of a sudden they're in their flip-flops and shorts and they're knocking out, you know, saxophone tunes or there's like a drummer and all of a sudden you've got half a band formed on yeah. your street that you didn't know was there. So it was great. It was, it was, a, it was a real saviour, a real, real saviour. All right, well, let's start your playlist, mate. And uh, yeah. for track one, I want you to tell me the song that you regard as having the greatest ever intro, please. I mean, I'm, I might as well say now, as a caveat to every single one of these answers, right. this this was torture yeah. in a brilliant way. Because Good. Good. Like, yeah, you, you're, you're, you're opening it out to other people and then someone else will go, oh, about this, what about this? So I settled on, um, there was one, It was I was very close because I had a boxing match. I had a charity boxing match about three years ago, just before COVID. Right. Uh, and I walked into Welcome to the Jungle by Guns N' Roses. Right, I want to, I want to talk about this, right? Because I box yeah. and um, oh, did you? yeah, 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 and I'm 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 obsessed with it. And uh, I have a podcast about combat sports as well. That's my other podcast. So uh, oh, amazing! I'm a bit. I mean, just out of shot there. That picture that you can see there. That's that's yeah. Cin- that's Cinderella man. Right, and if you look to that side there, you'll see photographs, signed photographs of Arturo Gatti and oh, uh, all, all of my favourite fighters. So, yeah, I'm a bit yeah. of a boxing nut as well. Um, Me, hey, I'm an absolute obsessive. So, <laughs> so well, I need to, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come on your other podcast. All right, let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, See, that's the question. We, we, I mean, I, I speak to, I do speak to boxers, but I mainly speak to UFC fighters. And one of the, the, the questions I always ask them is like, you know, where did you come out with your, you know, where did you come up with your walkout song? And like, and yeah. and we also interview uh, TV personalities and, and people like that on there, and we, we make them watch a fight and 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 you know, sort of pull that fight apart and make up what they made of it. You know, as somebody that's not necessarily a, a big fan. But then we always ask them, what would be your walkout song? How yeah. much time did you spend thinking about that? But I mean, I'm, I am, as a rule, one of the most indecisive people on the planet. <laughs> so I, I am, I'm a professional pontificator. Right. I can't, I can't settle. So I, I spent probably more time on that than I did actually training for the fight. Um, and I went back and forward, back and forward, back and forward. Because the thing is, what you've got to do, and it's a bit like the answering the questions of this podcast, it's really, really difficult to strip away other people's opinions and you want to be cool. You, you always want to be like, oh, yeah, I want my musical taste to be cool. But actually, I'm not cool. And you've got to then settle and go, right, I've just got to go, This is these are my answers. This is Absolutely. what it is. Absolutely. You've got to be honest. Yeah. You can't try and be cool on this podcast. Like, no. I, I think of about the 400 people that have been on, there's been a couple where I just think, bollocks, no yeah. way was that your first record. No one was that cool at that, that age. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Um, but, yeah. My next door neighbour actually was, we were having a coffee on Saturday morning and he is like proper, he's a cameraman for big bands, he follows them around and he is properly cool and his musical taste is cool and he's put me ashamed and I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about, I'm not going to ask you anymore. So yeah, in terms of the walkout music, really difficult and I, and I if I did it again, I'd, I'd, I'd chosen a different song, go I'd, I'd, go out, I'd go out to the boss, James Brown. Oh yeah, 100%. Because it's so cool, yeah. it's just so cool when you walk out and he just goes, yeah, just the lyrics you know, it pays to be the boss. Yeah. And uh, look at me, I'm a bad mother. 
Um, but welcome to the jungle because it was such mayhem training for this fight. I used to box as a kid mm. and I've always boxed, I've always trained. And I just had this mad itch to scratch to get back in the ring. Because, you know, everyone's a punch bag. They're, here, they're called they? midlife crisis, is Jamie. I'm, I'm experiencing that at the moment. Don't worry, mate. You're in good company. Yeah. <laughs> mine's not over. Mine, I'm, I'm in midlife. Um, <laughs> and my wife will, te- will testify to that. So, yeah. And I just had this massive itch. So I got in. And, uh, and the, the welcome to the jungle, it, I just wanted something to sort of symbolise the lack of control that I had over what the fuck I was doing there or why the fuck I was doing it. Because everyone was like, why are you doing that? You know, you're in your 40s. And I'm like, I, I don't know. I just know that I've got to go in and get punched in the face yeah. and, and throw some leather and, and see what happens. And uh, hopefully, once I've done that, it'll be done and I've ticked the box and I can move on. Um, I'm not sure I have, but anyway, I don't think my wife's not going to let me do it again. So, Enjoy it, though. Uh, I absolutely loved it. I mean, I I was obsessed. I was I'm obsessed with boxing anyway, and, and I train. I keep myself fit, and I'm, I'm all, I go to the boxing gym. But it was amazing. It was terrifying. The stress of it was unreal. But I'm so happy I did it. I'm so so happy I did it. I mean, I, you know, I had a sore. I couldn't eat properly for about two months. Yeah. Where because you know, if you, you anyone who's boxed. It, it, no matter how good you are at it, you've got to take one to give one. Of course. And so you are constantly walking around with a sore head <laughs> and, and your jaw. Uh, you can't open your jaw. Um, but it was great. It was, it was, I absolutely loved it. I wouldn't change it. And, and I fought a kid who was 20 years younger than me, two stone heavier than me, who told me he was going to knock me out and do this, that and the other and beat me up. And, you know, I was too old. And uh, I stopped him in the second round. Oh, Really? And I saw him, I saw him, I saw the ref ask him if he wanted any more and he, and he shook his head and said, no. I was Love like, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wonderful. <laughs> well, there's your walk out, but that's not your answer, right? No. So my answer is, I love an intro. An intro for me has got to be, it's, it's got to have loads of different instruments. It's got to have loads of different layers and levels. And it's got to take you on a journey before the song even starts. So uh, I've settled on money for nothing, dire straits. Yeah. Because it, it starts with that lovely, ethereal, kind of spiritual feeling. And then it just builds and builds. And then Knopfler comes in with his guitar, which is like no other sound, no other yeah. guitar sound. And then the drums kick in, and then it's boom, and it's boom, boom, Oh, man, it's just, it's such a tune. And even when I was speaking to some people, and I was like, they were, they were confusing me, I went back yesterday, I thought, I'm going to just double check, and I played it, and I was like, that's my, that's my tune. Do you know it. what? It, it 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 just builds and builds, and you'd never get away with that in this day and age. You'd, like considering, no. you know, um, Brothers and Arms one of the, if not, well, definitely in the top five biggest selling records of all time. And like you think that was the single, that was the lead single, and you just think, imagine taking that into a record company now and going, oh, here's my first single, and they're like, you're having a laugh, yeah? It's like a four I, minute intro. Like, you know yes, what I mean? Eight minutes the track, <laughs> but. I mean, it's so 80s, isn't it? And it's so that of the time. It's so big and grand and everything's turned up to 11. And and just that, the sting vocal, you know, just in the background of the... Yeah. And it all just builds until that drop. And when the guitar yeah. chimes in, it's like, oh, there's the money shot right there. And it, it it's just the payoff. And it's just, yeah, it's a monster, monster intro that. 
And, uh, it's and, and I think there's certain instruments, certain people, for me, there's like three guitarists. People are going to be shouting at this, but three guitarists, you can tell their guitar a mile off. Obviously, Hendrix is one. As a guitarist, you know, I'm a big guitar. Uh, Brian May is the other. And Knopfler. Yeah. And Knopfler, for me, Knopfler, to try and, because I play a lot of covers when I gig, I do a lot of covers. Yeah, I can wing. I can even play a little bit of All Along the Watchtower. I can I can blag a little bit of Hendrix. Not, you know, because I'm acoustic, I can just sort of fanny about it. But to try and emulate Dire Straits, to try and play Knopfler songs, it, it, the chords are so up and down. They're so all over really? the place. Oh, it's so difficult. So, so he's a genius. It was a, he was an actual genius. And to have that sound, that beefy sound yeah. that he has, but it's still with a bit of elegance. I just, yeah. I think it's class. Love it. And you don't really hear much about Dire Straits anymore. They're not, they haven't got that legacy like Queen have or, or anyone else have. Like, but the, unless I, it's people like me and you. But I don't think Queen have probably, I don't think Queen have had a record that has sold as me, like an album that has sold as many as Brothers in Arms. I might be wrong. No. I don't think I am. That record, that album, Brothers in Arms, sold, must have been the biggest selling. That or Jackson would have been the biggest selling albums of the eighties. It was yeah, yeah. huge that record, and, uh, and their videos, their videos. Do you remember the Dire Straits video? Pioneering, pioneering, yeah. unbelievable. Right. And what's weird is you just look at it, and I remember like I'm forty nine, so I can't. Well, what that would be about eighty five, eighty six when that record come out. You're forty nine. What sort yeah. of filters have you got on your Zoom? Oh, don't. It's, it's literally. I've just got a little bit of a suntan. I'll tell you what. The the beard. Like the sun ain't doing my beard any favours. It's just getting greyer and greyer. Like no, you look you look well on it. You don't look forty nine. I didn't oh. think you're forty nine. <laughs> oh, not not that I'm that. Son, so let's not start flirting. Let's just. Uh... <laughs> but um, but what the weird thing is, we've 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 um, when I looked at Dire Straits in the eighties, and I remember just thinking he looked pretty cool with his headband on. But yeah. I also remember thinking he looked like one of my dad's mates, and like, and I think. And you look at like Clapton and you look at Phil Collins and all of these were the biggest pop stars. And they all looked about 50. Like, yeah, yeah. And you think, yeah. I bet they weren't. I bet like in them videos, like Knopfler's about 30, but like I don't know what was in the water back then, but they all just looked about 50. Do you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? But then sort of stayed there. That's yeah, that, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> well, well, no, there weren't any filters, there weren't any like, you know, Gyms, I think there was like one gym within a 40 mile radius. I remember. <laughs> yeah. It was sort of a garage with some cans on the end of a stick, you know. Like, <laughs> there's something to be said for that old school mentality, you know. And the old, the old school, like, you know, not worried about it. Um, well, look, let's, but, go, let's go old school. Let's take you back. Tell me for track two, uh, Jamie, the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you, please, mate. Right. And I've, I've, I've actually changed one of my answers here. Go on. Um, because I've, I've given you two answers mm-hmm. and I suddenly had a, a recollection of uh, of one and I thought, I have to put this in. And this is probably... Uh, so my first one, really, I did put Georgie Boyd, um, Rod Stewart, oh, but, which is which still now, if you listen to it, it's a heartbreaker. And it, and even more, it's one of those amazing songs that that has more of a poignancy as the decades go on. Now, we, you know, with the whole LGBT community and where we are now and where we're at with black lives matter and all of this all this stuff the discriminatory stuff which we are hopefully working through putting to bed it's a slow process but we're getting there we are getting there when you think about that song written in the 70s what was it and you know this lad who, who gets basically beaten to death because of his sexuality and and has this struggle with his parents i mean it, i just remember it resonating massively with absolutely. me absolutely 
Um, and I'm a kid of the 70s, and I went to a working-class comprehensive where you didn't put your head above the parapet, and, parapet and you, you didn't. You tried not to be different. You tried to be as, as normal and fit in and, and get through your days as, as possible. I was bullied. Um, and, it, yeah, it just I remember it really resonating, and I didn't know I was going to go on to to be an actor and to do what I do and to, to be so involved in that community. Um, so, yeah. So that, I'm going to give you, so you this podcast is going to go on for three hours. By the way. <laughs> so there's that one. There's, there's also um, Wham. So there's also Careless Whisper. Yeah. Because I remember going to my primary school discos and it was the first time I became very aware of my limbs and 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 girls yeah and being in a being in a room with like mood lighting and all of a sudden everyone's like you know and you're skidding around in your knees like you're doing jumping off chairs and punching your mate and giving dead arms and dead legs and then all of a sudden this <laughs> and the girls the girls sort of like gravitate to the center of the the hall and you're like oh shit what happens now <laughs> i really i really want to do something about this but i'm, I'm so out of my depth yeah, and I remember that sort of like shuffling around and probably running over and pushing over a girl and running back to my mates, you know. <laughs> so I remember that emotionally, just not just being like, I don't know what's happening here. That's something such a mad here. time in your life, that isn't it. And in, yeah. and my, I probably would have chose something from my Lever School Disco for for this question had I ever answered yeah. it. And I remember being at that school disco and being like. Lads, 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 lads. We've all liked the boys just running around doing skids and all of that. And then it was like, right, this is the last song of the night. And then you're leaving like primary school. And they put on, I don't know if you remember, you're a bit younger than me, but the kids from Fame had loads of songs yeah. out. And they had this slowy called Star Maker. And they played it. Oh, yeah. And like, <laughs> it's ridiculous that I've just got goosebumps talking about a song from the fucking kids from fame. <laughs> but I had my first slow dance uh, with this girl called Claire Wallace. And, uh, oh, mate, I thought that was it. I was never going to see her again. She was going to a different school. Broke me heart, mate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. These are the little scars. And, I, and I've got two little kids. <laughs> and I'm just watching already. My, my daughter's eight. And she's starting to have that little... You know, the boys are featuring now, like the boys and she's she's having, they're not boyfriends, but, you know, they, she likes a boy and then he goes, and, it, and it's literally one day they're together and then the next day she like he likes her mate and yeah. she comes home and she's all upset and then, the, and then they're back, like, it's that thing in it and it's all the, the, the foundations, the yeah. little scars, the little bits of scar tissue that absolutely stay with you. Absolutely. And I'd like to say I've figured it out, but I haven't, I still haven't figured it out. <laughs> 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 um, so there's that but the, but the one I settled on is uh, I don't want to go cats in the cradle but my um, my mum and dad separated when I was young and it was back in the days when divorces took a long time like no one you know people battled through they didn't they didn't split up so my mum and dad spent four years in a very turbulent situation um, and it was it was pretty horrible my dad were, was an alcoholic I don't mind saying um, and live separately and, and I just remember one day being in my bedroom I still get choked up now and listen to The Living Years by Mike and Mechanics about the when he's it's all about his dad dying yeah. and not saying saying all that and I just I remember it just I remember just bursting into tears and it was the first time a song and I didn't know you know when a song hits you or a play hits you or a film hits you or something and you don't know why it just 
it triggers something you you're not aware of. Mm. And um, I must have been eleven probably, uh, and it just boom, yeah. And and it, I suddenly remembered it the other day, and it was so I, I'm like uh, the other two had emotional, but this had a, an actual physical yeah. emotional thing. Just it just made me very aware that my mum and dad worked together, and my dad was, you know, and I just wanted that's all you want as a kid is. Uh, you know, you just want your parents and you want a solid family Stability, unit. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that was, that just sort of really hit me like a train. It's a, it's a really sort of poignant and, 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 and really sad song that I don't know um, if that was written by Mike Rutherford. I don't know if that was autobiographical or, or whatever. Is that autobiographical? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or if it was because, Paul Carrick sang that, I think, didn't he? And yeah. I don't know if, if Carrick wrote um, wrote it or not, but um, yeah, it was. It, I, I remember. I, I don't know if you ever remember. I mean, it, it's kind of changed its level of poignancy now. But I remember when that first came out, they were on TVAM or whatever the morning show was with Rolf Harris. Uh, yeah. and they played it and they cut back and, and Rolf was in tears and that was back when everybody thought Rolf Harris was this lovely human being and uh, I yeah. remember thinking God they've broke Rolf and uh, and 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 then and, and then seeing it on Top of the Pops on the Thursday and just thinking God this song is so sad you know about yeah. mortality and, and and the sort of synth playovers really kind of gentle but but evocative as well it's uh it's a beautiful record, that really is. It's a re- and it's a really simple song. Funny enough, do you know, I did a, I did a gig yesterday. I played at this sort of tea party event, and I was talking to this fella. This fella come out, and I played a song, and I, a song I'm going to talk about later on by by a guy called Drake White, called "The Coast Is Clear," which I sing to my kids. But um, and he came up, and we ju- we just got chatting, and I said, as a covers person, somebody who just gets my guitar out and I sit in the corner of a pub, I've been gigging for years and, I, and I'm, I'm good at revving up the crowd and all that. They just want to hear the classics. They want to hear ones they know. You get requests and all that. And that's fine. And you can, you can do whatever. I can, I can you know, pretend I know everything. But every now and again, if you sing a, a Dylan song or if you sing a, a good country song, a massive country music fan, you sing a song that is simple but tells a story it's so much easier and it's so much easier to invest as a singer, as a, as a musician in that song. And it, even though they are so simple, that Mike and Mechanic song, it's a simple message. It's a, it could be a film script. It could be a play script. It could be a basis of a story like Georgie boy, all of those, like it's those songs you properly invest in. Yeah. And they're the ones that, that trigger and they're, they're so clever. They're so, so clever. I, I think to, to have good melody and to, Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. 
Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Write it as a story. He's, that, that's the key to becoming that earworm on, on, on multiple levels, you know, that the melody pulls you in. Uh, uh, an example of that for me is Up the Junction by Squeeze. You know, as soon as you just hear that, a, a song ain't got a chorus. It's not got a chorus. It don't even need one. It's that, it's that instant and that Jules Holland play over that. I never thought it would happen me and the girl from Clapham. And then, I mean, that's a very tragic song as well. How, you know, that, how that goes, but it's so catchy and it's yeah. it's just a storyboard. You can literally shut your eyes and see it. Like as the and the same with Georgie Boy. It's like that. Them songs you can just. I think they're imagine, yeah, imagine, absolutely. Imagine one of the, one of the, it's one of those. You play that in, play that now. It's more poignant than it was ten yeah. years ago. Play it another ten years. You know, it's so simple. Just yeah. imagine we all got on. Imagine we're all a brotherhood of man. Imagine we all just lived life as one. In through these pandemic times, through the wars, through you know Putin and all this, you, know, you just listen to the lyrics of those songs, and it, you cannot, you know, you, you're not human if you're not yeah. getting emotion yeah. on those. I reckon that John Lennon knew his way around a song. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. he should have started a band or something. <laughs> he really. should have, shouldn't he? he? Could have made a couple of bob. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, you touched on school, mate. So um, for track three, tell me the song that reminds you of your time at school. Right, so I've, I've adjusted this slightly because okay. I think we've touched on school and Careless Whisper and all that. So I'm going to go. So what I, I'm a working class kid who grew up in a council estate. Never in a million years. Whereabouts? Did I, uh, in Kent. Right. I was down in Kent. Um, I was born in Ashford. Uh, lived just outside Maystone. My family were all South East London. So uh, my nan lived in the high rises in New Cross. So I'd spend a lot. I'd go up there and spend a lot of time there, overlooking Millwall's old ground. And so, and then my mum was a fruit picker. So I, I sort of have a, a very diverse upbringing. Never in a million years, no one in my family were actors or you know went down that road. But it was a real urge, strong urge for me that I had to suppress and ignore and blah blah blah. And anyway, eventually, I, 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 I had to follow my dream. I had to try, and I went off to drama school. And I was 25 when I went to drama school. And it's the happiest I've ever been. Um, I, it was the first time in, my, in all of those 25 years, with all the turbulence and whatever else I've been through, I, everything made sense. I suddenly became a boffin. I became someone who, I never did homework at school. I was never academic, still not. But suddenly I went to drama school and I had this folder, maybe this amazing folder. And I'd find myself going home and like, doing extra work yeah. and, and read, reading plays, like reading Chekhov and stuff, things I'd never heard of and just so invested in what I was doing. I was yeah. absolutely besotted. And every day, I'd part, I'd, I'd just beaten up old Cavalier, which how it got me there every day, I don't know. And I found this free parking 
about a mile walk away from drama school and I'd park my car and I'd walk from my car to drama school and I had a CD Walkman um, and the only CD I had was I had Train, uh, one of the albums by Train, I can't remember the album, but I, but I loved Drops of Jupiter. Yeah. And I used to listen to that and never, for, a, for two years, every day, back and forward on my walk. That's what I did. And I, I still now, I'm never bored of that song. And yeah. it, it just evokes so much emotion and so many good memories for me at such a happy time. So I'm going train drops to Jupiter from drama school. So it is a school of such. But sure. it's, it's, yeah. I, I want to go back a little bit to something you touched on about um, school and sort of saying you, you, yeah. you almost suppressed your desire to be an actor. Like, was that sort of referencing what you said earlier about, you know, well, you know, in, in a lot of working class schools, you keep your head down, you don't go and want to do anything that's a little bit left of centre, you know, it's yeah. like, is that, was that the reasons why you sort of suppressed 100%. it? Yeah, 100%. And also, you know, these are back in the days when they, they I think I had a careers appointment, a careers advisor, well, an appointment with a careers advisor. I don't know who this person was. And you basically were just told you to go in the army or get a train. Yeah. That was it. You know, any, any, it was tickboxing. It was tickboxing. Like, I remember doing that, and it's just the biggest load of shit I'd ever done. Yeah. They Massively. sat there and they were like, right, what do you want to be? And I, I ticked all these boxes and, and I was, and they went, what do you want to be? I said, I want to be a rock star. And they literally laughed me out of the room. I probably would have said musician. Uh, and they went, well, you can't do that. Like, what what, 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 what else is there? And so I said, <laughs> I just was being a prick at that point. I was like, stuntman. And they're like, yeah. you can't be a stuntman. And it was like, all right, you need to be a mechanic. And I was like, yeah. I, don't, I don't want to be a mechanic. Like, I, I want to work. Well, <laughs> I want to do something in music. Be a plumber. <laughs> right. People always need plumbers. That's what I was always told. Yeah. I'm the least likely. I mean, you do not want me anywhere near your plumbing. I'm telling you that now. Your house flooded within minutes. But I was having a conversation with my my daughter yesterday about this very thing, and I said, and I felt so privileged to be able to say to her, "Do whatever you." Because she started to go, "I want to be." A, she wants to be a fashion designer. That's what she said. She wants to be a fashion designer, work in theatres, and put on big shows and all that. Because her and her mate, you know, she she's likes messing around with clothes and all that. I said, listen, you do whatever you want to do. I said, but the, mo- the one thing you need to make sure you don't do is something you don't like. Even if you make no money, just do something you love. And I'm like, God, this is, you know, this is advice that I wish I'd have been given. Um, who knows? Things happen at the right time and when they're supposed to. But yeah, I definitely, it was never on my radar. Even though I was a practical learner, I was never academic. I was really good at sport and I was really good at drama. Um, and they were the only two GCSEs I left with. Yeah. I left with PE, drama, oh, and design and realisation. I yeah. didn't have maths, English, nothing. I went on to then reset English, failed maths about four times, and we just put it to bed, and we just realised I'm enumerate. And as an actor, you don't, you only, as long as I can count how many hours I've done and what my payslip should say, um, <laughs> that, that's it. But that was me, and that's, and I learn in different ways. And it's a bit like, I had another argument about, because I was really sporty, and the sports days that they have now, they're, they're, they're kind of non-competitive. And I'm like, but that was my only time to shine. Anything practical was my time at school. Yeah. And it was the only time. And it was the, those, those were the things you were allowed to sort of excel at. But, yeah. you know, to turn around in the in the 80s, early 80s and go, I'm going to be an actor. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was hard enough to spend your day not getting beaten up as it was, let yeah. alone 
you know, going, oh, hello, I'm going to be an actor. You're yeah. going, Jesus Christ. So yeah, it took a long time. It's interesting, like, because like, I left with, 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 with drama as one of my only uh, GCSEs. And and I loved it, absolutely loved it, and and it, it would never have entered into my mind that there was a career opportunity within that, like because nobody from where I lived was like an actor, like nobody. There was one girl in like that in my school that was in Grange Hill, and like and it was literally like you know she'd absolutely like just gone above and beyond and blown us all out of the water, like she was on telly. Like she was, yeah, in, yeah. she was in the greatest <laughs> show on earth at that point. She was in Grange Hill. Oh my god! Like... <laughs> oh. oh dear. Oh. That that said, what one of the one of the girls from from Grange Hill lives around the corner to me now, and uh, when me, me kids were still at school, their her kids were at the same school, and honestly, it was ridiculous, Jamie. Like she played a character called Faye in Grange Hill, like in in like oh in, remember like, yeah, demo. yeah, and like. Every time we'd go and pick up the kids, my missus would be like, will you just rein it in? Because I'd just be like, oh, my God, oh, my God, it's Faye from Grange Hill. <laughs> Still, <laughs> just thinking like, oh, I was like, it was her and Princess Leah. She like, blew my mind when I was a young lad. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> but you, they don't make telly like that. You can't make telly like that anymore. That was, I swear to God, I am not a heroin addict because my mum, just say no leafless, plastered all over our kitchen. Yep. Like literally, it, it, that that yeah. saved my life. That mm. campaign, I genuinely, I was so scared. Terrifying, wasn't it? Yeah, and now we have to sort of molly coddle it. And I'm like, no, 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 I want to print those and stick them absolutely everywhere. Absolutely. I want another just say no campaign. Absolutely, um, he was a good yeah. boxer, Samo. I heard this. Yeah, Lee, what's his name? Lee McDonald. Something, like, isn't it? Yeah, he yeah. was, he was yeah. great. He um was a, a he went pro. Um, he yeah, I think he, he when he. Stopped acting. He went pro as a boxer, but then he had a he had a I think he had a car accident and it and it messed him up and he couldn't fight um, anymore. But yeah, he was a, he was a bit of a prospect. Well, you've had my good mate Johnny Harris on here as well. Oh haven't you? mate, one of the loveliest humans on the planet. You know, he, you know John. Do you know John? John was in him, mate. He was an ABA champion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's in good nick boxing. now. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he's, well, he's, he's Hollywood now, isn't he? He's. Uh... I, I, I remember when he was just a Bermondsey boy, and now he's like, now he's all Hollywood, and you know, he's Botox. Like, no, he's not really. I'm joking. It's really weird, love you... John. If you're listening, I love you. It's really weird you mentioned Johnny because um, <laughs> my my podcast, I do a lot of my work, and that I do with a uh, he's an actor now, but he used to be a musician called Scroobius Pip, and uh, and and Pip's acting in a new thing called Great Expectations. Um, yeah, and. He literally said, I met Johnny Harris on Friday. He said, and then Johnny sent me a message saying, I met your mate Pip on Friday. What a lovely. And I was just like, oh, yeah, it's really nice. Because he's like, he come, he, I've done Johnny's one. This was pre-lockdown, face to face. He, he, he come in me, me old studio uptown. And uh, what a lovely human he is. He, he, he genuinely is. And do you know what? So humble. He's been right through the ringer, Johnny. Mm. You know, I'm, not, I'm not speaking out of turn and I wouldn't go into details, but. The man's an inspiration. Mm. He's an utter inspiration, and one of the loveliest people you'll you'll meet. Absolutely, but but you wouldn't have been on the wrong side of him. I'll tell you that. <laughs> that, that, man, that man can hold his hands up. I'll tell you. <laughs> well, the film was incredible, wasn't it? Yeah, like, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. incredible. And, and uh, I, don't, I don't think you can make that film unless you've been there. Unless, yeah. you, unless you've been in that in the ring and you know yeah. what it's like. Yeah, you know, to have to dig deep. You know what it's like to be rocked to your boots, and you and to have to to bite on your down on your gum shield and all that. I, don't, I think, you know, that, that was a, that was a demonstration of all his 
finest skill sets, I think. Absolutely. And if he wants to play an absolutely horrific, terrifying human, this is England. Like, it's just terrifying, that character. And, uh, so when I, I watch it, cause, so have you seen London to Brighton? Because I'm in oh, London to Brighton. What a John. film. And it, he, so that, I knew John anyway before we did that. And then um, he, he's so intense, Johnny, as an actor. And there's a bit where he's he's cut his uh, my boss has cut the back of his leg, raising yeah, 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 the back yeah. of his knees, and he's sitting in the back of the car, and we're keeping him there. Before the takes, and bear in mind, I've known Johnny, and we've you know back in the in the boozing days, we'd have we'd have a few nights out down at the Union Theatre in in Southwark. Um, and then he suddenly he's sitting in the back of the car, and he's like putting his fingers down his throat, and I was like, "What are you doing, John?" And he's like, "Well, you know, because I want to get that." that feeling of how much pain I'm in and all that. And it made me, it was one of those moments I was like, I'm quite a shit actor, you know, I don't really, uh, <laughs> I need to work a lot harder at this game. Cause, <laughs> but yeah, no, he is a, he's a top lad. And this is England. When I saw that, the rape scene, oh, and I remember watching that, I was away and I, I, it was so good, but I couldn't speak to him. Yeah. And I remember two weeks later, I remember messaging him saying, John, I, I haven't been able to message you because I was so affected by it. I had to take two weeks. And I'm an actor, so I know what it, what it's all about. But it took me two weeks to actually be able to put him back in the in the category as a friend because yeah. he was so good. It was like, oh, horrific. And it's weird because, you know, people do say, like, I was, I was fucking terrifying and, and awful, that scene. And it's like... Yeah, it's a rape. It's meant to be terrifying and, and, yeah. and highlight all of them feelings of disgust and hate and because it's a disgusting thing that he's doing. And to be able to, as an actor, to be able to do that, I mean, I'm not an actor in, in, at all, but to, to watch that performance and be that affected by it, I think he's, he's credit to, to, to Johnny and, and Vicky McClure, of course. Like, you know, Massively, uh, yeah. Um, okay. Yes. Tell me the first song you bought from a record shop. Well, <laughs> um, again, this is highlights how uncool I am. Uh, <laughs> this is so, the one that has to be uncool. There's no coolness in this track. You can never go the first record I bought with something cool. No chance. No, 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 no. I've tried to rescue it a little bit because I bought one this, the next day. All right. But my first ever record, and I loved it, and I still think it's a lovely catchy little tune, was Wedding Bells by Godly and Cream. Great song. Form, formerly of 10cc. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just remember hearing it and loved it. And I had my little bit of pocket money, went to our price and uh, bought it, come back, played it. And then that was that began. My, my old man was, was uh, really into music. He was always in bands and all that. Um, so I grew up listening to loads of obscure music and he'd love it. And I was like, a massive fan of The Sweet and stuff when I was, when I was a kid. Mm. Fox on the Run was like one of my favourite songs. And so I got a real obsession with, with Seven Inch Vinyl. It was the love just going and getting for like, I don't know, 50, 60p or whatever they were. Yeah. Um, so I bought that. And then the next day, I sort of half redeemed myself and bought Uptown Girl by Billy Joel. What but a tune. What a tune. I can't get back. I can't get away from Wedding Bells, Godly and Cream. That's my, that's my first one. What was yours? Um, so the first one I actually bought my money was Video Killed the Radio Star. Um, so you're instantly cool at the It's not cool. I mean, it's, it's, it's 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A good pop song, but like, yeah. and Godly and Cream. <laughs> well, I don't know. Like, I really like. Um, I was talking to me pal the other day about Godly and Cream. Um, have you had? Um, don't want to be under your thumb forever. That was Godly and Cream, wasn't it? And yeah. that was such a good little tune. And because they become like video producers, didn't they? That's right. Yeah, like, yeah. Because yeah. their video for Cry. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's the first video where like the faces change into different people. That's it. That's it. And they did the, the crossover. Yeah. yeah. They did, it was like a computer generation thing. Proper pioneering. And when you see sort of 15 years later, Michael Jackson do it with, with black and white, that was, you know, you think, yeah. Godly and Cream done that like 15 years prior to that. I think they're, uh, and 10 CC, I mean, oh my God, like what a band. Yeah. Like, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, it's, 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 this sort of music never dies, you know, yeah. sensing season out of this world, I think is, and I, I love that with my kids now. I love, it's a, it's a real rite of passage. Yeah. As a, as an old duffer <laughs> to sort of churn out the churn out and introduce them to, you know, proper music. Absolutely. Yeah. And they you know, you're it. old when you say words like proper music, like, because yeah. my dad would have said that to me, I oh, saw that racket. Get some yeah. proper music on. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, that's it. I've, I've hit middle age now. I've said proper music to me kids. Yeah, exactly. What's all this? Just noise. Yeah, just noise. My my daughter. My we bought. Her, she wanted a clock radio. She's wanted her own alarm clock. So I got her the clock radio, set it all up, and it went on for about a month. And I just programmed in the radio station to wake her up. Of course, I put it on radio too. Yeah. So anyway, after about a month, my eight-year-old daughter comes up and goes, "Daddy, can you?" Can I have Radio 1 on? Because that's really boring. When I wake up, it's always really boring music. I was like, right, that's it. I'm taking the radio away. <laughs> you learned your lesson. Yeah, so I've had a begrudgingly put on yeah, some uh, modern music for her. Love it. Love it. Um, yeah. But let, let, let's sort of touch on Uptown Girl, because I don't think we ever spoke about um, Uptown Girl on this podcast. And it was such a huge record. And and I, I, I guess, like, when, when it, it's got a novelty edge to it now because it become the step-step kick wedding song for, for all of us throughout the 80s. It was like, mum's up on the dance floor, uptown girls on yeah. my nan, do you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. and it's so easy to kind of 
park songs up in that kind of, and, and it's, I say exactly the same for Come On Eileen, that they just become so synonymous with being them songs that are just like, oh, yeah. it's 80s wedding disco. They're incredible records. That's why they still get played. Exactly. And, and Uptown Girl, Billy Gerald's a, an, an absolute genius, make no mistake. And yeah. and I guess that's probably his biggest hit, um, in, it's certainly in the UK. And the reason for these these things are, it's because it's a great pop record. And it's just got, the video was fantastic, you know, the Christine Brinkley. And, and like, the story, the story, it's a Shakespearean story. Yeah. That's, you know, it, it, he's written a Shakespearean story into a song. Yeah. You know, it's the it's your lady Chatney's lover. It's whatever you want to do. It's, the, it's the, you know, it's punching above your weight. It's yeah. however you want to, however you want to do it. Everyone is relatable, mm. and it's a relatable. So it's what I was going back to earlier. If you've got a good narrative, yeah, and you and you're saying, and the melody's great, and just the intro, bum bada bum boom, yeah, you know, bim, you're, you're you're straight in, yeah, you're there, and the energy of it, and then you know, put that with a video where he's in the garage and all of that. It's just. It's just incredible. Yeah. You know, those songs are never going to die. And, but you're right. I mean, come on, Eileen. You know, again, video, again, that, that beat, the earthiness of Dexy's. I, I tell uh, anybody know. to just go and listen to that song again with fresh ears and listen yeah. to the complexities in that record. It goes all over the place, but wherever it goes, it's so catchy, so good. Like, it's, it's proper rousing song. It's like, yeah. if you're going yeah. you know, in the trenches and you're going to go over, give me fucking Come On Eileen. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. up for it. That's my yeah, walkout yeah. song. Yeah. Then you're all going to the trenches, arm in arm. Trying to kick each other. Yeah, that's it. Well, that was, that was what I was wi- that was willing for when Careless Whisper was playing. I was like, oh, come on. Can't we have Come On Eileen? Just, I know where I'm at with that. You can just beat each other up and I'm, I feel comfortable in that environment. I don't want, I'm, I'm not in love by 10cc. Give me one step beyond. Come on. <laughs> All right, mate. Let's go clubbing. Tell me the song yeah. that soundtrack your years, clubbing. Uh, I've got there's one I've got to say here, but I'm going to the first one I'm, I'm going to just chuck in is Hear the Drummer Get Wicked. Chad, Chad Jackson, because um, that little that little funky and it was the first time I've ever sort of perfected the running man, and thought I was the absolute dog's bollocks. Um, so that was that was very early days. But I've got me and my sister, wherever we are in the world, my sister's my best mate, and wherever we are in the world, this is our song, and it's uh, Space Cowboy Jamiroquai, the dance mix. Of course, yeah. We're, if we're ever together and we're out, we request it. If we're sitting indoors having a drink, we put it on. If I'm in, I've been in Australia or she's been out, she's worked on cruise ships. If she's somewhere, she will ring me or she will like, we'll request it. It's our song. It's our, it's our thing. So there's a million ones. I mean, I was a big indie head. I love the Inspiral Carpets. Yeah, this is how it feels. It was one of my favourite songs, still is. Um, Happy Mondays, Step On was massive. Big, you know, big, big love days. to the Happy Mondays. Uh, Paul Ryder passed away yesterday. Um, oh, yeah, Sean's brother Paul, yeah, he passed away yesterday. Uh, uh, yeah, big love to the Mondays. Yeah, massive love. Oh man, just revolution. Revolutionary. That changed, they changed the game entirely. So where, where was you going indie clubbing back then? Yeah, I, I yes, basically. Um, so moving on into the rave scene really was, was, my, I think indie, the indie was the first time that I really nailed my colours to 
sort of masked musically. I was a, I was a Queen fan as a kid, and Queen's probably my most consistent band yeah. that I followed. But the indie scene was, you know, like your Stone Roses, the Inspiral Carpet, Charlatans, all of those. That was the first time I started to dress. Like, I did my hair, I had an earring, I had my, all my hair brushed forward, I was a miserable fuck. Um, <laughs> jeans and yeah, and I just, I just sort of hated everyone other than a collection of about three or four mates who liked the same music as me. And I, I went, that was, my, that was my first rite of passage. Where was and you I, then? Was you still in Kent at this point? I was in Kent at this point. Um, so there was a few... So Maidstone was, re- Maidstone was really progressive, actually, mm. in the music scene. And, and at the time, there was a, lots of little warehousey places that, that were really up and coming. Because it's not that far from London, and I think there was a, there was a big sort of scene. So I was quite lucky. Um, and we'd sneak in. We weren't allowed. We were underage, and we'd go into to clubs. There was one time we went on a quest to go to Hacienda, and we never made it. We didn't make it past Houston. Yeah. We lied to our we lied to our mums. Bless my mum. She was a single mum. Fucking hell. I'll put her right through the ringer. But we 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 sort of legged it and said we were going to have a sleepover at our mate's house and this that and the other. Um, I think we got found out. I think we had to sort of come home with our towel between our legs. But we were off to Manchester on a, on a quest to go to Hacienda. Thank God we didn't get there because I think we would have probably died. Oh, I never like, got there. I never got there either. No. It's the holy grail that was. And, yeah. Uh, and I, and I, I work in Manchester with Corian, obviously that a lot now. Yeah. And I go, I go sort of on a little reminiscing walk quite often around by the Hacienda where they're just flats now and there's lots know. of bars. Oh, what you got there? That's my... Oh, Tony the, Wilson, yeah. He's, well, he's, a whole, he's I don't know been up there. He's, there's uh, a whole area dedicated to him. Oh, I've not, I've not been up there for... The last time I went up there, I was really lucky. I got to interview um, one of the Smiths, uh, who are my favourite band, and uh, and 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 I was up there, and it was like, and we went past the building, obviously that was the the, the hacienda, but uh, I've never really sort of got stuck in. I I've got a mad little story though. I, I went to this thing back in the uh, it, when I, I was in a band in the nineties, uh, and uh, and we got sent out to. Um, can for this like music festival thing and it's weird you mentioned in spirals and uh it was like a big industry backslap thing and uh and, and we got out there and it was only me and me singer and uh, and basically there was this inside this huge sort of thing it's where they do the film festival and it was it was called my dem uh and, and we got in there and i spotted Clint Boone from the Inspiral Carpets. And I was like, yeah. fucking hell, it's Clint Boone. So I've just gone like running over there and he runs in the, at the time uh, in the city, the, the, the music um, thing for uh, breaking bands. He, that's what he was out there doing. And so I've just sort of gone running over there and I was just like fanboying, just going, all oh, right, Clint, how you doing? Bloody hell, I love the Inspirals and all of that. And he said, oh, what are you doing out here? I said, oh, I've literally just got a bag of cassettes of me band's demos. And like uh, our manager sent us over here to try and sort of get some exposure in other countries. And he went, oh, my mate Tony will be all over this. And like, and I was like, oh, right, cool. And I didn't know what he meant. And then Tony Wilson's walked over. And I was like, no. and I was like, oh, my God. And I was like, hello. And he went, what are you doing? And he went, Clement, oh, these boys are just like literally filled their bag with cassettes. And like, they can't afford to stay in can. They're in this little like B&B, like we've had to get the bus in. And, uh, and he was like, oh, I love it. And it was right up his street. Do you know what I mean? Just a couple of lads hey. just over there hustling. He went, right, follow me. And he walked us around the whole centre and he introduced us to everyone. He went, these lads have done this. He's like, and he's their cassette. And like, knowing you think, whoever says don't meet your heroes, 
Like they've never oh, met Tony Wilson. Story. He was he was bloody lovely and uh, oh amazing. Yeah, I mean the legend. Yeah, there's a whole area up there now around where the hacienda used to be, and there's a there's a cinema and a theater and a nice restaurant. And it's all they've all. I mean it's unrecognisable. I yeah. imagine from where it was, but it's all they've they've paid massive homage to, to Tony Wilson and what oh, he did because that that changed the game. That changed. Again, you know, there's, there's there's moments in music history, particularly in our country, with the Beatles and all that. And that, that was, you know, and, and again, massive tip of the hat to the Happy Mondays. Um, because that just it changed the game completely, you know. For me, and for a, for a kid at that age, who was, who was, like I said, you know, you suddenly become aware of, you, you don't know what to do with your limbs or do with yourself, and you've got all these sort of emotions, and then suddenly, bam, you know. And I remember the Smiths being introduced to the Smiths and just... You know, Morrissey's voice just like, oh man, um, this charming man is like one of the greatest songs yeah. ever. And then it just, for me, the spirals, it, it, it's music that just sort of hits you right here yeah. and, and just takes you somewhere. And it answers the questions yeah. that you don't know. You don't know what you're asking, but then you're getting answers to the questions. Do you know what I mean? And I just, it was the first time I went down a, a bit of a rabbit hole as a kid. Because it. it, it... I mean, at that point, like living in Essex, for me, I just wanted to be in Manchester. Manchester was the coolest place on the planet at that point. And, yeah. and speaking to so many musicians and, and, and people that are, that are from Manchester over the last or, you know, four or five years of doing this, like one of the things that I've never really got living in Essex, and I don't know if you got it in Kent, but obviously now working so regular in Manchester, do you feel that there's more of a kind of sense of I won't say community but like it feels to me that people that are from Liverpool are so fucking proud to be from Liverpool and people from Manchester you know want to shout it from the rooftops we're, we're you know we're Mancunian you know this is what we've given to to the world and, yeah. I, and I don't feel that I don't know if it's because we're so close to London and and I don't know but I've never got that from Kent or from Essex no. do you know what I'm no. saying I'm massively my, my dad's a Geordie so mm. I grew up uh, with that and I've always been aware I'm very I'm always very friendly and I love community and we I grew up in a where our door was always open I'd come home from school and there'd always be people in our house because of and I don't that wasn't the southern thing that was because of the, the Geordie connection yeah. even even now right so Coronation Street I, I walked up there I've done EastEnders I've done you know I've been around the block I've never worked anywhere as welcoming and as friendly as Corrie yeah because I think it is genuinely that it's the people. Yeah. It is the people. You know, they've been through it. They are they are true working class. Yeah. You know, they've all they all worked in the factories. They all, you know, they all had to it's a bit like those oddly sadistic but romantic pictures of the Blitz. Yeah. You know, when when people are walking around on the rubble, there's a real romance to that. Yeah. You know, there's a real romance to the to the disdain and the poverty and all of that. And I think that's what you get. And I think that's that's inherent. Yeah. in Liverpool and, and so then when they have something to champion like the music scene um, the football club whatever it is they just absolutely back it yeah. absolutely unconditionally back it yeah. because I think the home counties there's a lot of weird politics there's a yeah. lot of you know even within London you know you know yourself North, South, East, West it's yeah. it's competitive it's not inclusive yeah. you don't get that in Manchester you don't get people from Ancoats having a pop at people yeah. from Salford you're from Manchester, yeah. But you might internally a little bit, but outwardly we are, yeah. We're Mancunians, you know. All right. Well, look, we, we're 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 talking um, cities and counties. So for track six, uh, I'm going to ask you, uh, Jamie, to tell me a favourite song from an artist from your home county, please. 
Right. So uh, I've got. I'm very proud to say this. He, he wasn't born there, but his mum lived was there, and he did live there for a considerable period of time. So I am going to nick him. I'm going to take him. Yeah. And because uh, David Bowie lived in Maidstone, which was where I grew up, and his mum lived in Folkestone, which is where I spent a lot of my childhood. So I'm having Bowie. Yeah. And I don't care what people say. I don't care if you get people writing in. I don't care if people had a, having a go at me on Instagram. I'm having him. Because if you can if you can nick, like Jack Charlton did with the Republic of Ireland, yeah. you can nick a load of players who have just uh, got a little tinge of iron yeah. Ireland and get you to a World Cup quarterfinal. I'm Whatever it Bowie. takes. Whatever it takes. Yeah. yeah. So I'm having Bowie. And uh, as I said to you, my answer was, God, try, trying to choose your favourite Bowie song is like trying to choose your favourite kids. Yeah. It just depends on what day of the week it is and what mood you're in. <laughs> so, it's a tough one, isn't it? Uh, I, yeah, Starman I love, Rebel Rebel I love, uh, Space Odyssey. I mean, wh- where where does it stop? You know, even that last album that he sort of Amazing. posthumously was phenomenal. Like, yeah. and the man is an, is he's beyond the uh, he's not just a musical icon. The man was an icon. Yeah. Style, his attitude, his style, his rever- yeah. He's, I mean, yeah. unbelievable. And and even his, he's was just ahead of his game in terms of in, you know environmental issues and and his awareness of the planet, his awareness of the human race, and and the message that he gave out. And he was just the coolest. But I remember being a kid, and he sort of had like yellow teeth and was was he's kind of ethereally weird looking and I remember just girls at my school, a bit like Robert Smith from The Cure, that just being in love with him. Like not just like, oh wow, he's really cute and he's, you know, like a Nick Kershaw or whatever. Like like in love with him. Yeah. And I remember just seeing pictures and and also being in love with him. And just being like this Matt, you can't take your eyes off him. Yeah. Just one of those special people like a John Lennon, uh like a Hendrix, you know uh, Jim Morrison, all these people, they just come along and they're just like, whoa. Yeah. It's something different. And Bowie's right at the top of the three for me. 100%. Man, I mean, the, that year, lost lost Bowie and Prince in the same year was just yeah. crackers, mate. But um, And it it just felt, because, I'd say the same for Prince as well, they felt like they were just being down from outer space, these people. And like, yeah. and, and, they were never going to die. It's like, that's David Bowie. He's going to like live forever and like, and just constantly yeah. make this incredible art. And it, yeah, it just didn't make sense. And, and it, it's impossible to pick your favorite Bowie song. It, it, it really is. And, and, and there's a reason for that. It's because there's so many amazing yeah. records. And like, I remember the day he died and I did the same with the Franklin as well. Uh, I, I literally just put on, um, I just put on a, a playlist. I just put on Bowie's greatest hits on Spotify, whatever it was. And you just forget. And it's song after song after song. And it's just like rousing song, emotional yeah. song, just song after song, lyrically perfect. Yeah. And Aretha Franklin was the same, you know, you just go, Oh my God, what a goddess, absolute yeah. goddess. And yeah, just like you say, sometimes these people come along and uh, I don't know if they're meant to stay here for that long. They're just meant to come and shake the world up. Oh, he done that. He done that. Do you know what? Yeah. My, uh, one of my favourites is like from that the film was absolutely panned, but I fucking love Absolute Beginners. I think it's yeah, such yeah. a song. I think it's proper grand. It sounds like almost like Sinatra, but like, oh, I love yeah. it. I think his voice on that is, is, is brilliant. And it kind of gets 
sort of overlooked that one, but I thought it was an absolute cracker, that. Totally right. Yeah, totally right. And then even, you know, and then I've introduced my kids to Labyrinth. Oh, mate. And you're just like... It's just, How many people could make that outfit look cool? Not many. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just a, it's just so, like, sexy. I mean, you know, that work gets bannered out, but he's just a sexy yeah. dude. Yeah. You know, I mean... There's a handful of people that probably return me, yourself being one, obviously. But, obviously. Um, <laughs> Johnny no, Harris. Probably, yeah, Johnny Harris. <laughs> <laughs> Only told me, I'll do whatever he said. But uh, Bowie's, just, Bowie's just, you know, he, he's just there for everyone. Yeah, yeah. Um, and was just, he's just an absolute dude. So the fact that he lived, it was in the 60s, he lived in Maidstone, and it was yeah. one of his first bands, I think. Um, and he tried to make it. And his mum lived in Folkestone, so I was, you know, yeah. I've always had that. I've always had that in my mind. I've always been very proud of that. Yeah. Uh, so, like I said, he's, I'm having him. Perfect. You're welcome. You're welcome to yeah. him. Right. Track seven. The last yes. track. This is when you get to play Tastemaker and Influencer, Jamie. Um, yes. A song that you think many people may not know, but you want them to hear. Yeah. Um, again, I've gone two. I've, I've, I've done well to narrow it down to two answers. You have, yeah. You um, right royally took the piss for this old podcast with your... your, your yeah, I know I have. Mate. I have, and that's, that's sort of the theme of my life. I do that a lot. <laughs> I did push the boundaries until someone said no. Uh, <laughs> so, one of the ones, this is one of my favourite songs, and I love it, and I love, I think, I love this band as well. Um, and that's Smokers Outside the Hospital Doors, the editors, which is, is just an absolute track. It's got one of the... I'm a big Elbow fan. I love Elbow. And, and One Day Like This is one of my favourite songs. Um, and this has got that thing where it's got this amazing boom, 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 boom like this amazing drum beat. And it's, it, again, it's the, it's the story. It's like smokers outside the hospital doors, like this, this, this sad environment and, and, you know, the emotions of that. And I think it's, a, it's just a massive tune. My little boy loves it as well. Um, so we all have it in the car. But, the one I've gone for, uh, I'm a big country fan, so I couldn't I couldn't do this podcast without um, talking about country music because I'm a I'm a huge country fan, and I kept that in the closet for a long, long time, uh, even when I was a kid. Because again, it's not cool, but now I'm very proud of my my uh, my love of country music, and I and I think there's some great new country artists. And I saw this guy who came to Brighton, and he's a guy called Drake White. Um, he's from Nashville and uh, it's just brilliant. His voice is so beautifully country. And he's written this song called The Coast Is Clear. And it's about, uh, and I sing it to my son and I, I play it on the guitar and all that. And it's basically about uh, fuck everyone else, make your own decisions and whatever you do, have some fun. Yeah. And it, there's a line in it that says, uh, just go run with the bulls uh, over in Spain, dance buck naked in the pouring rain. And there's also another line in it that says, um, uh, never forget your way back home. And that's, it's basically just go and have fun, do what you want to do, and just know that your roots are here, we'll love you, yeah. and we'll be proud of you wherever you do. And it's a song that I wish someone, you know, going back to what I said about drama school and, and never thinking that I could go and be an actor and all of that, it sends that exact opposite message. Yeah. It, sends that it says, go and do whatever the fuck you like and make decisions, make mistakes, learn from your mistakes, don't worry about it. And and the pain is going to be there. But when you look back at what you've gained after the pain, you know, I hope your, your soul flies high. The, the, I'm just quoting the song. It's just a stunner. Simple, brilliant uh, country song. The Love coast it. is clear. 
Love it. Well, we make it easy for people to, to, to go and listen to it because we put a, a Spotify playlist uh, together featuring all the songs uh, that you've, you've, you've picked and we've spoken about today, Jamie. Um, Brilliant. Looking forward to the, the rest of this year. What you got coming up, mate? Uh, so, a lot of stuff going on on Corrie at the moment. Mm-hmm. I've, just, I've just had a wedding, which didn't go uh, according to plan. Um, and I've got some very exciting stuff coming up. So, I've just done a Christmas movie, okay. which will be out, um, which I can't say too much about. I can say Saran Jones is wonderful. Uh, and she's absolutely delightful and is a big fan of Christmas, as am I. So it, it was a real tick box for us. I feel very proud to have been in that. Um, I'm doing Panto and Crew. So if anyone in uh, in and around Manchester, Crew, Stoke, any of those areas, me and Louis Spence will be Love it. Dancing, dancing around <laughs> in tights in Aladdin. Uh yeah, and then other than that, I'm off to Greece in a few weeks with the family for a couple of weeks holiday, and I'm Beautiful. just going to have the school of these with the kids and try and survive this 40-degree heat. Lovely, lovely. Jamie, it's been a proper joy having a natter with you, mate. It's been really good fun. Mate, me too. I've absolutely loved that, and I could, I could go on for another hour. So um, thanks for having me on. I, I feel genuinely honoured to have been here with the esteemed company <laughs> you've had on in the last... Uh, got a few couple of years and what have you so I feel yeah oh mate I feel like a bit of a charlatan but there you go I'll, I'll have it if you mate, want mate the, 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 the joy is all mine mate thank you so much Jamie there you go that's it 12th round ding done fight's over oh what a wonderful man like we had such a big old chat afterwards as well like we got to really really going on the boxing chat afterwards and uh yeah knowing you just have them them natters and you just kind of forge that little connection and uh and it's just a very easy chat that that felt so easy and comfortable that is and that's testament to to what a nice fella he is um i hope you've enjoyed that uh, as mentioned at the beginning if it was your first time uh listening to the podcast um I hope you really enjoyed it and and it has made you think oh you know what I'm going to go and have a a little look in the archives and see what what other chats I might enjoy and if you like your actors then I would definitely recommend a few for you like right from the off go listen to my chat with Maxine Peake Maxine was one of the reasons I set this podcast up um I was chatting and I said I've got two people that I'd love to chat to and I need to get a, a podcast going and Maxine was one of those and the other was Johnny Marr not had Johnny on yet but uh, Johnny Ma, if you're listening, I'm coming for you. Um, but go listen to my chat with Maxine because it's delightful. Go listen to my chat with um, Joe Hartley. She's an absolute delight. Um, there's, there's, there's so many. Uh, in between as actors, uh, I've had James Buckley on, Blake Harrison on. Um, and like I say, the Thomas Turgoose episode is, is, is a really lovely chat. Um, so, yeah, go um, go have a look anyway. You're, 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 I'm sure you'll see a few that you, you'd want to have a little listen to. Right, I think I'm done. Um, anything else you need to know about social media, back catalogue, Patreon, merchandise, your one-stop shop is off the beat and track podcast.com. That's off the beat and track podcast.com. I'm back next time. You bloody lovely people. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. It's off the beat and track podcast on the distraction pieces network. It me, Stu with him. Eat a pocket.